Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I am Ken. <laughs> Very forceful today. Ken, it's over to you. The Archers. Oh. I've been an Archers addict for years and years, 20 years at least. And for those who don't know, it's a soap opera on BBC Radio 4. It's on for 12 minutes, six days a week, and there's an omnibus edition on Sunday mornings. And it's just lovely. It's set in a fictional county called Borsetshire. It's all about farming. It started in 1950. It replaced Dick Barton on the wireless. (laughs) And it started out ostensibly as just a six-part series and carried on and on and on. It's never stopped. I think there is one original cast member left. She's 103 now and she's still in it. Wow. So it's just a lovely, gentle mix of serious and silly and country life and the locations are really... They come to life vividly. You can just picture this bucolic splendour of the place. When it's a miserable grey day, you can just (laughs) catapult yourself into this little country village where they've still got a post office and a church and a local pub that's full of horse brasses, and I just love it. (laughs) Now, recently, I've introduced you to it. Yes. And I said, give it an hour. Listen to an omnibus. If you're not hooked by the end of that, then let it go, no worries. But I, I know that you do a lot of listening on your dog walks, so I thought it might be... Just something that you'd enjoy. You seem to have quite taken to it. (laughs) Yes, I was a bit sceptical just because I love a soap and I just wondered how it was going to be. Because obviously most things that I encounter are on the TV or Mm. I I don't listen to an awful lot. Outside of podcasts, I don't listen to a lot of sort of radio drama and things Mm. like that. And I just wondered how they would get across like the the soapiness of it. And especially because before I started listening to it, I went onto the Archer's website to look at some of the character bios mm. to try and get to know them. And there was about a hundred characters. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my God, how you know, like how am I gonna even tell the difference between these people? But there was a beginner's guide on the website. And it oh, says, is there? Yeah. And it says what you should do is don't try and get to know everyone all at once. Just follow one family or one storyline. And then... The others all slot. That's a good way of doing it. You you know, I've been into audio since I was infant school. Mm. I've I've loved audio drama. So my whole life has been consumed by listening to various shades of audio. So to me, it's just a logical extension of everything I've always been into. But I'm always intrigued by how people who don't listen to radio plays or such, how vividly the imagery comes to your head. Mm. How easy did you find it? It has taken a while, and obviously I don't know all of the characters or how they all fit together. Like, I was listening to this week's Omnibus, and there was a vicar in it. You know, he's obviously not been in it for however long I've been listening to it, but everyone knew him, and I was thinking, they clearly haven't just introduced this new character, it's just I haven't heard him. And then his wife was in it, and it was very strange, but you can you can picture them, and you can see where they are working. So, you know, like the, the vicar and his wife having an argument, argument in the vestry or you know in the in the vicarage and it's really 
I mean, if either of us could paint and they asked us to, you know, you asked us to paint or draw a picture of what it looked like, it might come across quite differently, but you really can picture what they do. One of the things that I have done, because I, when I went onto the website, it shows pictures of the actors who play those characters. And I wasn't a big fan of that because I'd already made up my mind what they look like. And some of them don't look anything like, yeah, yeah. But then some of them really, really do. I have to say, 90% of the characters in my head look like the actors. <laughs> but every now and again, you do get one and you think, well, no, <laughs> change your face because that is not what's in my head. <laughs> yeah. The one you? that struck me was uh, Chelsea Horobin. I don't think I've met Chelsea. Have you ever seen Upstart Crow? No. Right. <laughs> well, there's anyway, for those of you out there that have, there's Shakespeare's Daughter that she's got the same voice as Chelsea Horobin. Right. The actresses look nothing like. Also, it's, they're not the same actresses. No, <laughs> right. I, but that's the actress I've always had in my head. And I looked on the Archer's website, and it's this really pretty young girl with lots of curly blonde hair, I seem to remember. And nothing like the mm. skag that, uh, <laughs> that Chelsea Horobin's supposed to be. So that's a bit odd. But most of them do, I, I find, on the whole, sound uh, look like how they're, they're supposed to be. But it is always a shock. Yeah. <laughs> What I really like as well about it is, as you say, it's about farming. So most of the characters either live or work on a farm mm. or, you know, like the farm shop or something like that. And it does have quite serious storylines, doesn't it? So, you know, there's the Rob, Rob, Rob Titchener, Titchener, which is a very long running and very dramatic thing that's been going on for several years. That's, you know, they, well, it's... Well, it just back. as you started listening... He came they, they were building up to I mean, this was a major thing about mm. 10 years ago. It was so big that the trial, they got Catherine Tate and David Tennant were two of the jurors in it. <laughs> it was massive. So to have him come back, they were all on pin. They've been building up to this for weeks. They were laying the seeds that Rob Titchener's coming back into it. And then, huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm back! <laughs> but and they are quite serious storylines and they, you know the way that they've dealt with that and his son how you know how he deals with finding out about his dad and stuff like that it's really good and quite dramatic but then there are entire episodes that are devoted to there's something gone wrong with the autumn fed the band pulled out of the uh, the harvest celebration and i love that because when i'm either walking the dog or driving to work at you know half past six in the morning i don't want endless misery and mm. oh you know like eastenders style stuff but you you care about whether the harvest celebration is going to go ahead. But it's not bringing you down. It's, it doesn't have to be depressing, does it? Well, Rishton is a, a, it's at least semi-rural. There are seven mm. farms in Rishton. So for me, when I first started listening, I spent a lot less time in Rishton than I used to, but <laughs> it was very easy to picture that village life. I mean, yeah. at that time, I was involved in a lot of local committees organising fates and fairs and things. So the whole idea of people drinking cider in music tents appealed to me massively. And it's just a, a nice little escape a lot of the time. Mm. The bull, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you this, where is the bull in your head? Do you have anywhere in mind, the pub? The closest that I could probably get it to is, and I can't remember the name of it, but that pub that's not too far from here, 
that we have been to a few times. What the Vic? Yes, all, really. Yeah, just you know, like a proper old, old pub. pub. But we, it has to have a tiled floor because obviously it's all farmers who go in there. So there's no point in having carpet, <laughs> and, you know, a fire, and like you say, the horse brasses and mm. things like that. And the you know different rooms where the people go. About now that's them. interesting, isn't it? Interesting that people pick, <laughs> see. For me, it's always been the hob. Ah, uh, yeah. With the little that. village green outside and yeah. and the church is St. Saviour's. And it's always been St. Saviour's. And I can't explain why. <laughs> but the Brookfield, the Archer's Farm, yeah. is up in the Lake District. A, far, a Newbine's Farm up in Ironside and the surrounding countryside. There. So you paint your own image of where all these places are. But it's, it's isn't it fascinating? Yeah. <laughs> just, there's no set thing. Somebody once tried to draw a map of Ambridge and there was outrage from the... <laughs> The Archer's Addicts. Don't screw it down. Yeah. I did look at that when I went onto the website to see if there was anything like that. But there isn't. I assume that that's because there's something that should be left to your imagination, certainly. And presumably, if if there was some storyline that involved next-door neighbours, then you would be able to picture their houses or their mm. farms next to each other. But they just sort of say, oh, I'm moving into the cottage. And you know where that cottage is. It doesn't matter if it's the same for everyone else who's listening. Mm. You know where it is. Yeah, it's nice. I really like it. Plus, we've got a gay couple in it. Have we? We do. I don't know whether you've heard them yet. There's Ian and Adam, and they have a little adopted son called Xander. Well, he's oh, not adopted, he's surrogate. He's a surrogate son. Oh, I've not encountered that. I yeah. I've, I've met the lesbians. Well, yes, that's a bit of a tricky one, because this is something I hate in... Oh, God, the alarm. Shit. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like that, girls. Calm down, calm down. You hate lesbians. I hate the lesbians. Chittington. <laughs> it's when they fundamentally change a character that has never been that way before just to tick a box mm. or a character that's done a job for years all of a sudden they change their career path and suddenly <laughs> I'm going to be a lollipop man and <laughs> it just takes you one step out of it mm. when somebody's character fundamentally changes and Pip suddenly decided she's a lesbian yes there's been no hint whatsoever of this before a bit like Yaz in Doctor yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> mm. any excuse <laughs> Stick the knife in. <laughs> yes, no, I I do agree. Obviously, because I only started listening to it quite recently, the Pip storyline, I didn't have any context to it. So it was this woman who who is an out an out lesbian, but she's also, isn't she Pip's mum's best friend or something like that? It's Stella? drawing a bit of a long bow. I've heard her mm. described like that in the, the story, but she's only been in the village five minutes. Yeah. She works on a different farm and they've interacted about a dozen times. So to call her a best friend, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think yeah, so just over-egging the pudding there. Are we just thinking this is a crowbarred storyline? It's just- the first time I've ever thought something's a real stretch. Mm. Um, and I don't like it. I just think either have one of the younger characters, Rory Aldridge, he's just gone through university. Okay. And he struggled with his sexuality. Well, he's not really struggled. He's just out and out bi. He's just right. not even, he's not ashamed of it in yeah. any way. He was quite happily to, not so much flaunt it, but he was perfectly comfortable with it. Yeah. Pips the other end of the scale where she's having to come to terms with it. Mm. It's the fact that it's just happened, that one of the vets, the vet's assistant, uh, again, you might not have heard, his name's Paul, Paul the Gay. <laughs> a good name. <laughs> uh, but he's, yeah, Paul's mixed race, and he's very flamboyantly gay. Not in that irritating... <laughs> <sighs> Do 
Alan Carr. I know you love Alan Carr, but he winds me up the wrong way. But there's no getting around the fact he is a gay. Mm. So they've got the spectrum of gays. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a nice mix of sounds without it being forced. I think years and years ago, Alan Franks, the vicar, he married somebody called Usha Gupta. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, hmm, bit of a crowbar there to get a, an Indian in there. And suddenly out of nowhere... Oh, I tell you what, no, I, I, there is another character that's a bit crowbarred in. Adil. Uh, oh, yeah, the Grey Gables. Grey Gables. He's bought the hotel and uh, the most westernised Pakistani you've yeah. ever come across. Cricket and drinks beer and, uh, you know, the old bacon sandwich here and then. Mm, yeah. So token ethnic characters. But I've never quite understood this when they, they drop characters like that in. It's not the target audience. It's like watching something from Bollywood and it's full of white actors from Taunton or something. <laughs> you know, hello, old fruity, we're from Buckinghamshire. We've just come over to Karachi. <laughs> so what, what? It's going to take you out of it. It's just there for the sake of it. I don't like that. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of get the adult thing because... You can imagine an Asian person buying a hotel, you know, a, a yeah, hotel yeah. like that and sort of thinking, oh, this is the dream to live the, the life in the country. But what they should, and I, again, I don't really know because I've not listened long enough, but what they should be covering is how that affects the people in the village. So we're not saying that there were going to be a bunch of torch-wielding <laughs> <laughs> villagers. They've done that storyline. <laughs> Get off our land! <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, there was a bit of a, there was a, a mention of it a, a few weeks ago when I think it was about cricket and one of them was trying to make friends with him. And he said, well, you must be good at cricket. Why don't you come and pl- try out for the, the village cricket team? And he turned out to be rubbish at cricket and he hates cricket. And he was like, well, why why did you just assume that I was <laughs> like cricket? And the guy, I can't remember who it was, but it was just a bit like, oh, well, you know, I just assumed. <laughs> and, uh, it was well, a tremendous, I remember yeah. that storyline. It was just the, the most horrible crowbar. And the problem is with something like the archers where they're trying to fit characters in just to tick the boxes. The writing team doesn't know what to do with them. So they end up being very worthy and stereotypical <laughs> rather than these people just being characters in their own right they have to all the old causes have to to come out so i can't remember whether there's been a homophobia story there must have been even the story about pippa coming out and she you knows she's told all of her family and all of and you know like even the ancient grandparents and stuff None of them battered an eyelid. They were just like, oh, oh, you've got a girlfriend. Oh, no, you're a lesbian, <laughs> Pip. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm having trouble. Oh, coming to terms with a pet. And, oh, no. <laughs> but it's not that. And you, you just think, yes, it is. And it's done in this unrealistic, everybody's fine with mm. it. This daughter you've had for 20-odd years suddenly announces she's a lesbian and you're kind of fine with that. <laughs> no, you're not. There's going to be at least some wrangling that this person you've known for a quarter of a century isn't who you thought she was or, or it, there's something aside to this person, this daughter that you'd no idea about. You've got to at least have a little stutter at least <laughs> rather than, oh, well, that's fine. Let's all just go out for a drink. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just not real. That Every now and again, they'll stumble. Mm. And it's always to do with issues. Yeah. 
It's just so clumsily done. But when they get issues right, honestly, they get them completely on point. Mm. There was one, it was about six, 12 months ago now, where there was um, an accidental pregnancy. Right. And it was dealt with so well. That was Chelsea Horobin. And Ben Archer thought that he'd been dumped by his girlfriend. So he went to the local, there was a music festival on. And and him and Chelsea Horobin ended up shagging in a tent. Lo and behold... Whoops a doodle. There's a blue line here. Oh, there's two blue lines here. And yes. So it was all dealt with how, you know, the all the pros and cons. And I honestly thought because there's a strong Christian listenership to the mm, arches. I honestly I thought imagine, it yeah. would fall on the side of keep the baby. Yes. I get She didn't. Rage. She got <laughs> she got rid. Right. But it was all very sensitively done. It was um it was preachy. No, yeah. it wasn't. It it weighed up both sides of it extremely well. Mm. So I thought that was well done. And what's the other one? I mean there's the, the whole Rob and Helen story. That's been that was done years ago. But now they're dealing with the fallout of it when there's kids involved that are growing up. Yeah. And again, it's been very well done and all the, the legal ins and outs of it have been sensitively handled and, and realistically handled. So my bottom line with the Archers is that it's how I would like TV soaps to be. They've got the balance just right. Mm. Whereas now I look at things, I mean, Coronation Street, my lovely rose-tinted glasses are when I saw the odd one or two in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and I've in recent years seen black and white ones from the 60s and they're, they're wonderfully twee. But I, I think it's this cosy terrace street. Now it's closer to EastEnders than EastEnders. It's horribly, Emmerdale's no different. That's really gritty. Emmerdale's even worse, yeah. And <laughs> you just think all the local community is just all shredded in favour of murder and death and bitterness and horror and everybody being miserable for 99% of the time. They might smile once on Christmas Day, but don't worry, there's a fire and a car crash coming. <laughs> yeah, it won't last. And that that's it. I mean, Coronation Street is a, is a really good example of where they did have that sense of community and meeting the pub because someone's moving away and they're all you're going to have a sing-song around the piano. It's not necessarily reflective of real life, but we live real life. Yeah, we don't need it. <laughs> no. It's not a documentary. We need to come home, have chips and beans or whatever we're having for tea and, uh, and switch off for half an hour. Yeah, and do the big storylines and the big issues by all means, but the lighter side of it should be the majority of it, not the other way around. So at the moment, Coronation Street, is it's really bleak and dark with just the occasional or a little bit of a yeah. and and it shouldn't be it should be the other way around it should be fun because that makes the big issue stuff harder hitting if you're watching something and everyone's having a the weekly quiz night in the pub then great and it's all fun and you know there's a bit of an argument about someone cheating you know and silly things mm. like that great Keep that up for most of the episode and then throw in an issue because it's more, it's harder hitting. Whereas if every single character on the street is caught up in some kind of major issue or drama or death, then the light relief is the wrong way around. The Archers, I think you're, you're right, has got the right balance. Well, if you look at the characters, you've got the Grundies. They're basically the Dingles or yeah. the, the Jack and Vera Duckworth. You've got Jim Lloyd, the old professor. He's like Percy Sugden or somebody <laughs> like that. Well, Peggy's not in it anymore, but Gran, what's her damn name? The oldest of the Archers, the original cast member, still in it. But she's like the matriarch, the, mm. the Emily Bishop or the Rita or somebody. 
And they've got that mix. Yeah. Tracy Horobin, she's effectively a nicer version of... It's the Barlow daughter, Tracy Barlow. Tracy Barlow, yeah. you know. So a bit rough around the edges. So they've got that nice mix of characters. Mm. It just seems that all the TV soaps have washed all the comic relief out in favour of doom and gloom, shake, shake the room. It's <laughs> horrible. But I'm really, really glad you've got into it. and Because I, I, I wasn't sure at all <laughs> whether it would be your thing, but I'm glad you've given it a go and you're enjoying it. Yeah, I love it. It's on my thing to download the Omnibus every week. And as I say, I listen to it normally either when I'm driving into the office and, you know, I don't want something dramatic. And it's just nice. Or when I'm walking the dog and, you know, walking through sort of farmland and fields and thinking, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm in the arches. <laughs> Well, it's time to rate the archers in Feather Bowers. <laughs> I am going to give it a little ostentatious, but I'm going to give it five. Ooh. because It's a, a staple of Radio 4. Everybody knows the theme tune, whether <laughs> yeah. you've ever listened to an episode or not. <laughs> it's just one of those things that, and this is another, another reason why I'm perfectly happy to pay the license fee, because <laughs> it costs about sixpence a day <laughs> for me to pay my license fee. It's, it's worth my money. I get an hour and a quarter of pleasure every week out of it. And it's just, I will say a hark back to a time gone by, but people just don't gather and listen to radio programs anymore. And it's mm. nice that there's something out there that you can actually lure people back to the radio with. I mean, I never, again, there's no reason why you should have taken it under your wing and, and enjoyed it, but You've been converted, and if you look at the Archer's Facebook page, there's a lot of younger listeners now. Yes, yeah, there are. I am also going to give it a five. Really? Yes, I consider myself to be fully converted to the cause. <laughs> it is, it's just great. I love getting to know the characters. I love it when there's a character that I've not heard before, and I think, oh, I wonder how, how they fit in with everyone else. Oh, I love trying to guess what's going to happen to them next and just the the way that they all fit together. It just, it does, it seems really nice. And also, as you say, the engagement. So I know we, we sort of try to stay away from Twitter as much as possible, but the Archer's hashtag on Twitter is one of the nicest places to really? be. Really? Yeah, because obviously you don't go on to Twitter to slag off the Archer's, but it's people who listen, you know, who listen to it and they're, oh, I can't believe Thingy's done this. And I can't. <laughs> Well, this is why I don't, because I've unfollowed Twitter and Facebook because I only ever listen to the omnibus. Mm. I found myself spoiled horribly. <laughs> right. Yeah, a couple of times. So it's not, oh, Facebook's page is terrible. It's just, I don't want to be spoiled. Yes. I want to hear it first. Uh, usually, I've got to be honest, while I'm shaving, either shaving <laughs> or driving is when I listen to the archers. Hopefully not at the same time. It's never been done, but there's a first time for everything. And also, while it's fresh in my mind, look it up. There was the Archer's video game for the Spectrum. <gasps> it's a thing. <laughs> I can even just track down a copy online and see what the hell it's all about. Wow, that sounds great. Yes. But I'm going to round us off with a Screen and Queens. Mm. Well, technically, it's an Airwave Queens because... <laughs> No, I am going to, I'm going to recommend The Archers to everybody. Give it a go. BBC Radio 4, it's on iPlayer, it's on 92 to 95 FM and <laughs> 198 Longwave if you're some prehistoric <laughs> caveman. Uh, but my actual screening queen is on the back of what we've been saying. It's actually the very first episode of Coronation Street. 
Now, you and I watched this with Simon Exton. We did, um, yes. At some point in the past. Yeah. It's probably further in the past than we both <laughs> realise. It is the nicest half hour <laughs> of soap opera. It's in black and white from 1960. It still exists. It's out there on the tube or on DVD, if you fancy that. And I just love it because I've lived in a terrace house for 20 years and it's Life's nothing like that now, but it is nice to think that that at some point within the past century, this house has had a family like that in it or families mm. like that in it. And it's just all very gentle with the pub at the end of the street and the shop at the other end of the street and the church on the corner. And <laughs> I absolutely adore that version of Coronation Street. So if you want a little bit of cosy nostalgia... Watch that. Definitely. A, a, a good recommendation, yes. Yeah, well, I think we've chatted about uh, about the Archers about as much as we can do. Although we'll probably revisit it in 70 years again for the, for the next... Thing. 150th anniversary special. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, we will leave you to your watching and listening and we will be back very soon. Yar. <laughs> Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.